Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you this morning. And may you keep our eyes and our ears and the ears of our heart open to your word for us, for each of us this morning. In Christ we pray. Amen. From the Old English word for lengthen, the 40 days of Lent invite us into a time of self-examination in these lengthening days of spring to prepare ourselves for that possibility within ourselves of new life at Easter. And those 40 days echo the 40 days that Jesus spent fasting in the wilderness after his baptism, the story that we just heard in the Gospel of Luke especially. And as we journey through Lent this year, Clover and I decided that each Sunday we'll take one of the three temptations in Luke's story and we'll preach about it in more detail. And for this Sunday, by way of introducing the series, I'll be reflecting on something I saw in the three temptations as a whole. What struck, struck me in the story this year is that each of these temptations can be seen in some way or another as a claim for power. So if you think about the first and the third temptation, the devil dares Jesus, if he really is the Son of God, to prove it, to show that he has the power to turn stone to bread or to call on the angels to catch him. And in the second temptation, the devil offers Jesus power, the power of all the kingdoms of the world, for a price, of course. And to each of these, Jesus says no. Instead of the path of power, we know that Jesus will take the path of weakness, the downward path of humility and surrender. His will be the path that Judas, who hoped for a different kind of revolution, betrays. His will be the path that even his closest disciples could not stay faithful to as they denied even knowing who he was, standing in the shadows of the cross. The cross. How telling that the central image of our faith is an image of defeat and of suffering. It is the opposite of anything we might consider power. But it isn't quite right to say that Jesus took the path of weakness. Even though it looks like that to the rest of the world, for what he did was to say no to his own power, to his own glory, to his own greatness, in order that he could say yes to something much greater, to the confounding power of love. Confounding because it so often looks like weakness, looks like sacrifice or mercy, restraint, 
forbearance, forgiveness. Love often appears to be the opposite of power, even and especially when it is its most powerful. And as Christians, we know this. We trust Paul when he says, love will endure all things. Or when the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. Or when Jesus, hanging from the cross, says, forgive them. Forgive them. We trust the power of love, but it is not easy, especially when we see a different kind of power, the lust for personal power that Jesus was tempted to claim, now on horrific display in the Ukraine. President Putin is showing us all what power without love looks like. He is showing us what happens when a man is tempted by the dark forces of greedy glory to imagine himself holding the keys to the kingdom. And the cruelty and the destruction that we are witnessing might tempt us to return the hatred that we see with hatred of our own. But we must not. We must not hate. Oh, we can be angry. We can be outraged. We can do whatever we can do to stop it. But we must not hate because the difference between them is that hate is to dehumanize someone. And while what Putin is doing for me rises to the level of evil, I try not to think of him as evil. Because if I did, I might not see him as human any longer. And it is the ability to dehumanize someone that leads to what he is doing. So we must try not to hate him so that we are not like him. So as hard as it is, I try to remember that he was someone's little boy once. That he was not always this way. I try to remember that his life must contain very little real love and a great deal of fear and anger. I try to remember that he is still a child of God and that God still loves him. And if that sounds undeservedly compassionate to you, I completely agree. Every cell in my body wants to think of him as a monster, but our faith asks us, commands us, to direct our compassion not just toward those who deserve it, If love is the way, it is the way in all places. If to hate is wrong, it is wrong to hate even the hateful. This is the demanding path of Jesus. This is the path of the cross. It's the path of love.
The choice that Jesus had to make out in the wilderness, faced with the devil, the choice between the path of his own power and the path of love is actually a choice we make every day, multiple times a day. We may not think of it that way or even notice that we're making it because most of the time it's not, well, we're not deciding to invade a country or not. It's little things. It's little things like gossiping or being overly negative or telling lies or keeping secrets, talking behind someone's back, taking credit for something we didn't really do, withholding credit from someone else where we could have been generous and gracious. Little things. Choices we face every day. Can we see how all of these come from the same small place in us that once wants to consolidate our kingdom and put ourselves first? Can we see how they too, even though they're small, hurt others? How they too hurt us? Because small as they may be, they too are a form of power without love. And because it is an everyday decision, a multiple day position or decision, we're going to mess up sometimes. Especially when we're tired and irritable or hungry. It is not a coincidence that the devil showed up right after Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. He was counting on Jesus being hangry. Because it's when we're feeling weak and afraid or vulnerable that the devils come out. Just this past Friday, I came in from working on this sermon, and I, well, I knew I had a new members class on Saturday, the following day, and a funeral. So I was feeling the pressure to get this sermon done, and I'd been working for hours that day, Friday afternoon, and gotten nowhere. So Laura, she was in the, my wife Laura was in the living room and we got to talking about the things married couples talk about. We have a car that needs some expensive repairs. And when that came up, before I knew it, I had gone from zero to 60 and got all yelly and screamy and, and stupid. But I wasn't mad at Laura. I wasn't mad about the car. I was mad about this sermon that was not going well. You know, the sermon about the importance of being loving to the <laughs> people around you. I felt threatened, you know, at that basic level. I didn't, I was afraid that I would not be ready, that I would stand up here, you know, not be ready. It's when we don't feel like we've got our needs met that we choose our own power over that power of love. And in those moments we, we take, we insist on our way, we become violent, literally or figuratively, to get what we need. It's an ugly part of us, but it is a real part of us. And this season of Lent is this wonderful time in our faith life, in the year together of, of our faith that we get to say 
I'm going to try to see myself more honestly. I'm going to try and see myself more clearly and be open and own my mistakes. I'm going to spend some intentional time reflecting, journaling, praying, talking to a friend. I'm going to do something to see all of who I am more honestly. Because if we can be honest, then maybe we can change. Repent is the word in Scripture. To go a new direction. Live differently. And if that sounds too much to hope for, then remember that honesty can sometimes just be the crack. That the light of grace can find its way in. And then love can have its way with us because it's not just we who have to choose love and choose love and choose love. Love is always looking to be found. Love wants to find us. It wants us to live in the light and the beauty of it instead of the darkness of our own castles of power, afraid and angry. And I believe in the end it finds us all, all of us. If not in this life, then in the next. Because somehow, somewhere, we will all come to know the one enduring power in this world. A power so beautiful and so tender, it hardly looks like power at all. Thanks be to God.